Good to have you back here on a Wednesday afternoon. Oh, yeah. Two and a half hours with you today on Sports Talk. Two and a half hours every day this week because we've got Chihuahuas baseball. Last night, Blake Snell was bringing the gas. 95. And he was just breezing through that lineup. Matter of fact, um, exciting stuff for uh, Chihuahuas fans to show up yesterday and see a Cy Young Award winner. He'll look great in his rehab start. What a dilemma the uh, Padres are going to have. They've got too many good pitchers. I mean, this is like a dream for a team. You have too many good arms. They're all playing well. Like, what do you do? Who do you get rid of? Who do you who do you send down to AAA? Do you go with a six-man rotation? What do you do if you're San Diego right now? That's a that's a good that's, that's a question for Jay Jaffe when the stash joins us uh, in our second segment of the uh, show today to talk about what he would do if he was uh, running the Padres. I'm so curious to hear what Jaffe would say. San Diego, by the way, is 20-11. and 11. They trail the Dodgers by just a game. Giants are two and a half back in that ridiculously good NL West where every team is playing 500 baseball or better. In fact, uh, that division is so good – the Rockies are last, 16-14, and 14, and they're four and a half back of first place. They're the only division in baseball where every team is over 500. It just shows you, I mean, even the, the Rockies, your weakest link in the NL, NL West is still strong. I mean, the Rockies yep. are still winning games, which a lot of people didn't think they would. Uh, after all they did last offseason, trading away everybody, letting guys go left and right, Arenado leaves the team, and uh, the Rockies still find ways to win. It's amazing. It really is. And uh, the other Rockies have lost three in a row, and they're 16 and 14. That means they were 16 and 11 before the streak hit. Uh, that's pretty wild, too. The Diamondbacks were 14 and 14, and they won three in a row. Giants were, um, Giants were 14 and 12, and they win four in a row. Everybody's, everybody's on these little streaks right now. I like it. We're going streaking in the NL West. That's the way it should be, Frank the Tank. And uh, you know what? Hey, that's why the NL West, we said it earlier, the most exciting division in baseball because you've got five teams that are all capable of beating you any night out. Now, it's really interesting because, you know, you mentioned the record for the Rockies, Steve, 16-14. and 14. Well, the St. Louis Cardinals are second place in the Central Division. They're 16-13 and 13 as well. It just shows you last place team in the West could be the second best team in, in the Central. 100% right. It's a good point. It's a really, really good point you had there. And uh, how about this? In the NL, in the NL East... Second place is 14 and 17. Yeah. They're under 500. I just looked at that. I was like, wow. I mean, when you're talking about uh, an East where the it's the Mets and everybody else, like no one's even sniffing the Mets right now. I know it. I know it. So uh, it's going to be a fun show today. We've got a lot to cover on the program. 505-6009. Uh, that is our telephone number. 505-6009. Get you through to Sports Talk. Adrian's movie review coming up later in the show. That's a, a new daily feature for us on the program where Adrian goes through and uh, gives us his bananas. Uh, by the way, you've been very good on your bananas for the most part. I mean, you really got to be a... What's the worst rating you've given so far? Is it two bananas or three bananas? Let me see. I, I've, uh, I've marked each one. So. Oh, good. You've actually logged your bananas on the, uh, <laughs> on the phone. That is, that is good. I just passed by a fish in the bathtub, and that one got only three bananas. So. Is that the worst so far? I think that's the worst one. Okay. I well, think I gave it two banana, but I don't know where it is. Maybe I didn't update. I got to look back on this. What'd you give Rocky, uh, what'd you give Rocky five? Oh, there you go. That's right. I'm looking at it right now. Rocky 5, two bananas. There it is. That's the worst review so far. <laughs> Rocky 5. 
I like so, it. So, uh, anyway, we'll do that later in the show. Hags will join us as well. The Hispanic Titanic will join us at 5. Oh, yeah. Ivan Melendez. Have yourself a season, my friend. He has been on a uh, just a wrecking path of destruction in Austin, destroying the baseball, punishing the baseball while the Texas Longhorns find themselves in the top 25 and uh, will be a team to keep an eye on heading into uh, Omaha in the College World Series. And hopefully for uh, Melendez, he continues to assault the record books. He's only three home runs off from the uh, school record of 28. He's got 25 right now. He is also on pace to shatter slugging percentage on base percentage and possibly batting average in a season. That is amazing for uh, for Melendez. Love it. And that's also why, you know, he is looking potentially at being a, an early draft pick uh, for the MLB Amateur Draft when that comes up here uh, in a couple months. Yeah, I thought we would see a strong season from Ivan Melendez, but this is like a historic type of season that we're seeing Jeez. so far. I, I mean, it, it's awesome because you're having one, somebody who starred at Coronado High School, uh, leaves and, 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 you know, finds his way to Texas eventually. Now he has a chance to play for one of the best teams in college baseball baseball right now and a legitimate shot to try to win the college baseball world series i mean it's crazy to think that that somebody from uh, el paso could be you know spearheading a team who's uh, you know leading a lot of favorites lists and you know you look at the caesar's rec uh, the oh, yeah. caesar's book right now in, in las vegas they, they love texas baseball they want that they, they think that this team can win it all when it comes to the world series hey by the way when i see something you want to hear something really really cool this yeah. is awesome by the way you can go to uh, universitycoop.com and get yourself an Ivan Melendez T-shirt. Nice. NIL? They've got a ton of them. they got 40 athletes they're doing right now. Baseball and softball. They call it the Athlete Shop. How about that? Oh, nice name. I like so, it. So they have, it says here, for the first time ever, rep your favorite 2022 Texas baseball and softball players. It's a great idea. Great concept right there. First time ever, and you get to do it with the Hispanic Titanic. 30 bucks, by the way. 30 bucks, and uh, you get yourself um, a Melendez T-shirt. And I think I saw the gray one. I wonder if they sold out of the burnt orange. It's very possible that they did. Let me see if I can find that here. No, it's not there. I think they sold out of the burnt orange. I think all they have left is the gray one. That's it. Well, if it's 30 bucks, and if I know that it's uh, some of it's kicking back to Ivan Melendez, and yeah, count me in. I'm, I'm all about this. Oh, it's a sweet shirt, too. I mean, this is probably the greatest T-shirt ever. It says Texas baseball on the front with the Longhorn logo on top, and then it's got a baseball, a number 17, and on the back it says 17 of Melendez. That's the coolest shirt I think I've seen in a while. And, they, and they're doing that now. It's like a jersey right there. I it like that. It is a jersey. Yeah, that's, that's, a, right. that's really cool. And, uh, you know, a lot of people love those where you could wear a number. You got his name on the back and everything. Texas baseball on the front. Yeah, this is exactly what you want. Oh, by the way, uh, I got bad news for you. They're out of stock. They're out oh, of stock man. because everybody in Austin wants an Ivan Melendez T-shirt right now. That's why they're out of stock. You can't keep them fast enough. Can't keep making them. Everybody wants to buy it. He's the hot. He's the hot thing right now in Austin. Wow, I'm looking at this. Right, so it took forever for my page to finally load. The fact that this is gray, the fact that the ch- the brand is Champion, and you got the burnt orange with the uh, white uh, numbers, like the outline on the numbers. I mean, this is a clean shirt. It needs to get back in stock asap. It does. It does. And by the way, somebody get that 
that orange one in there too, right? Wouldn't that be good? Yeah, you got to get all the color. Yeah, and even a, a white one would be nice right there, Steve. Uh, I'm looking at Ivan Melendez's social media account. Uh, I'm trying to see if anybody else has, has built a shirt for him, and yes, there is. Last Stand Hats. Oh, you're going to like these shirts, Steve. You got to check tell this me out. Tell me they're Titanic shirts. Oh, no, they're awesome. You're going to like Here, I'm going to send this to you, okay? Right, thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, just shoot them my way. That'll be awesome. So, anyway, uh, we love that. Titanic coming on with us at 5 o'clock. That's going to be phenomenal. Phenomenal! Not to mention Jay Jaffe uh, coming on as well. And uh, looking forward to talking some baseball and beer with Jay as uh, we get going. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Let me take a look. Let's see what uh, what has... Oh, and you got to scroll down, too, because there's some more. This isn't just the only one. So there's other shirts? That's correct. Really? All right. Well, I like that one. That's cool. You know what's interesting? This is what El Paso needs to do. They're going to start thinking out of the box and doing these athlete shirts the way everybody else is doing them around yeah, town. Yeah, it's, it's really not that hard. No, and, it's not. And we have such talented graphic artists here in our own backyard. They can easily make an art, like a rendition of this, put a, put a number on there. Look, no Texas logo whatsoever on these shirts. No, that's why they did it. They did it with – it's smart. They did it by airbrushing out Texas – now, Ivan, does he make? Does he get a cut on this? Because I'm assuming if it's on his social media, yeah, he must. I assume so. And then, did you see the Hispanic Titanic one? Uh, that's the coolest one. It's like one I'm looking for where do you find? So that? scroll down. It's, it should be on your bottom oh, there left. It is. There it is. Let me see here. Oh yeah, that's sweet. That is sweet. Hispanic Titanic with the Texas flag behind it and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. That is cool. So all right, I like that. He's he's rocking the shirts, man. Good for him. And they got the Hispanic Titanic in like five colors, seven colors, actually. Get whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, there's. I like that baby blue one. I mean, you could do anything here with the Hispanic Titanic shirts, but really cool that Ivan Melendez is doing this. And NIL deal Good for him. should be uh, happening in our own backyard, though. I know. We got to get this going. We, do, we need, listen, there's enough shirt makers in this town. Let's get creative and let's do some things. All right? Let's do it. If I need to put it together, I'll help you put it together. That's fine. I'll but, I'll orchestrate the deal. I'll be the ringleader. We'll get this thing going. We uh we got we had a lot of submissions yesterday for our DMs request. Hey, our DMs are open. They are. By the way, thank you for all of you that have DM'd us. Uh, and you know who you are. We've got lots of resumes, lots of things cooking here on the program. Cooking with some gas on a Wednesday edition of the program. 505-6009, the telephone number 505-6009. Get you through to the program. Hey, somebody tweeted the show yesterday about making fun of UTEP for giving bowl rings, even though they didn't win a bowl game. Doesn't every co- – I mean, as far as I know, every time UTEP has gone to a bowl game in football, they always get rings. That's just the way it is. You go to a bowl game, you get rings. Yeah, that's a customary thing. I don't think that's anything anything that unusual. you got to remember, too. UTEP hasn't exactly been to a ton of bowl games in the last 50 years. When they go bowling, it's a big deal. And they haven't won a bowl game in, can you imagine, they haven't won a bowl game in 55 years. So if you go with the mentality that you don't get a bowl, you don't get a ring unless you win a bowl game, that means they wouldn't have had any rings in the last 55 years. That's not fair. You can't do that to the guys. No, you can't. And that that 55-year drought, I mean, think about it. That's your lifetime. It's my dad's lifetime, my lifetime. You know, everybody who's, you know, under the age of of 55, they never experienced a UTEP bowl game. And anybody who is, uh, you know, 60 and under probably was too young to remember that first bowl game. Nice. You know, know, it's it's crazy right here where this uh, drought that UTEP football has experienced, Steve. But, 
yeah, I mean, everybody they they tell they told us yesterday that they're even getting jerseys for the New Mexico Bowl. Just let them celebrate it. Like they they got to exactly. this point, you know, just let them enjoy the moment. Hey, speaking of enjoying the moment, you were enjoying the moment earlier today at Taco Avocado when you found yourself in Iris Lopez's picture as she tweeted out a little a taco meal for you from the guys that have supported us uh, on 600 ESPN El Paso as well as Football Friday Night the last few years. Hey, big shout out to Taco Avocado. They hooked us up. Uh, we're, we're coming up with a video for Kiss FM. Nice. Working with uh, Iris Lopez over there, 93.1. Great uh, plug over there. Great radio station. And yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, putting out a video coming up soon. I'm, I'm excited about this one Steve you've got the most consistent smile on photos I've ever seen like I pretty much know that when you're in a picture it's gonna be the same smile same pose every single time I like that that's good that's the first time I've ever heard that seriously yes oh yeah no you you've got that you've got that smile going on you really do I'm a, I gotta retweet it I'm, I'm barely getting back over here to, hang on, to hang reality on. I'm tr- I'm retweeting it through 600 ESPN El Paso there it is we just sent that out uh through the 600 ESPN El Paso Twitter account so you can check that picture out from Iris and find Adrian right there, bottom right. All smiles, as you would expect, as he's rocking one of his new 600 ESPN El Paso polos. We, these are not for sale. Like the Hispanic Titanic shirts, these uh, 600 ESPN El Paso polos are one of a kind. Well, you can make it. I mean, if you if you go to Costco and you buy the shirt, we'll tell you. Hey, you no, no, no. Don't tell anybody the secrets, Steve. Oh, you want me to keep no. that quiet? <laughs> all right. Yeah, you, you know what would be great is if all of a sudden we start seeing all these bootleg 600 ESPN El Paso polos uh, everywhere in town. Oh, man. Everybody's got our uh, logo embroidered in yeah, there. That would, that would be awesome. All right. Hey, quarter pass. Good start. Jay Jaffe next right after Charlie Wan, who's got a traffic update for us as we continue. 20 pass. Good to have you back on Sports Talk. As promised, this man joins us every Wednesday on the show. Talk a little baseball and beer with Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs.com. You can also check Jay out on Twitter at J underscore Jaffe. Not only check out his work uh, on uh, Paul DeJong, the Red Sox, uh, and also the Cincinnati Reds and Rowdy Tellers. It's all up there within the last week at Fangraphs. Uh, Jay, welcome back to the show. How are things uh, in New York? Uh, not too bad. Good. Hey, uh, meanwhile, it's been a crazy uh, last couple days, hasn't it? We had a no-hitter. We had uh, a guy hit from the wrong side of the plate and destroy a baseball from a position player. And to make things even more uh, fun, we also uh, had a guy hit for the cycle. It's been uh, it's been a pretty good week so far, hasn't it? Yeah, exciting, exciting stuff. That no-hitter was cool last night. I mean, we've seen a lot of uh, no-hit bids. We saw even you know, the same night uh, – uh, there were two other no-hit bids, including Justin Verlander going for his fourth no-hitter, uh, taking it into the eighth inning. But uh, the Angels game was wild. Um, Mike Trout having uh, some 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 big home runs, and Brett Phillips serving up some cookies, and Anthony Rendon hitting from the wrong side of the plate there uh, and going yard. That was uh, uh, pretty entertaining. Yeah, how do you hit from the wrong side of the plate and still have over a hundred mile an hour launch angle? Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's. Um, Obviously, these are great athletes, and I imagine uh, that at some point maybe Randone at least experimented with batting from the left side. Maybe not uh, uh, in the pros, but uh, in the amateur ranks. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see um, if anybody asked him that question in the postgame interviews. Nah, it was pretty wild. And then as far as Reed Detmers goes, what's really interesting about him is he's still very young. I think only like 11 starts as a big leaguer. And although the strikeouts aren't piling up, it's pretty promising when a former first-round pick who's still really in his cup of coffee in the big leagues pitches a no-no. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is a guy who, who uh, obviously the Angels thought you know, highly of 
to draft him with the number 10 pick in the 2020 draft um, does not, you know, does not seem to be particularly overpowering, but uh, uh, he's doing something that is making it tough to hit. And uh, uh, obviously, the um, uh, they had no answer for him last night. That was um, what do you have? Two, three strikeouts at the end. Two strikeouts at the end. I mean. I'm not sure what the last no-hitter we had was that had just two strikeouts, but uh, it's probably been a while. Yeah, it really has been. But uh, if you're, you know, the Angels, how long? I mean, they, they've had Shohei Otani, and, and we know what he's capable of anytime he goes on the mound. But pitching has never been something the Angels have been able to, to make the most of these, these last five or ten years, especially with Mike Trout, who's been a perennial MVP candidate. They've never supported him with the kind of pitching that could really throw them into the playoffs. Yeah, they've had, they've had some setbacks. I mean, you know, they had some interesting pitchers, but they couldn't keep them healthy. Uh, they took a lot of risks when it came to injuries. Um, they've had some tragedies. Uh, Tyler Skaggs obviously go back for, far enough. You've got Nick Aidenhart as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a, a combination of, of factors. and They just have not been able to keep uh, young pitchers healthy. But, um, you know, right now, uh, everything, is, you know, everything is working for them. They're off to a 21-11 and 11 start. Um, they've got good starting pitching. Noah Syndergaard has been has been a good addition. Um, Patrick Sandoval has pitched well. Shohei Otani, after a couple of early rough starts, is just absolutely dominating. Um, you know, this is finally looking like the Angels team that uh, um, we've expected for so many years, given uh, the the uh, the star power on them. Jay, the Reds won today 14-11 over the Brewers, just their seventh win of the season compared to 24 losses. But in that game, as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, Christian Yelich goes four for five, three RBIs, hits for the cycle. And if there's ever a guy that fans have been waiting to return to his old form because the last couple of years have just been miserable, it's Yelich. Yeah, he's had a lot of injuries and especially back problems and really has been Struggling to recapture that 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 uh, MVP form here, um, you know it's 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 good it's good to see that he's coming around. Uh, still, though, you know I think he's got a ways to go. His numbers aren't uh, uh, at least before today weren't weren't all that impressive. Slugging four four eleven, um, but uh, you know one step at a time. And uh, he obviously had he had a big day against the Reds. It's funny I wrote about I started writing about the Reds. When they were three and twenty-two uh, as of as of uh, Friday, since then they've won they won t- two games over the weekend. They actually won a series, and that was entitled by post. Hey, the Reds won a series, and since then uh, they've won a couple more games here. So they're now uh, a respectable seven and twenty-four. <laughs> Sadly enough, they're still twelve and a half back of the first place uh, Milwaukee Brewers. And really, when you look at the three worst teams in, in baseball, you've got uh, Cincinnati. And then uh, you have a pair of teams in the AL Central, in the Kansas City Royals and the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, nobody expected the, the Royals to be uh, particularly competitive. I think the Tigers, you know, people thought they'd be taking a turn towards being more competitive. They they, they went out and they signed Eduardo Rodriguez and uh, uh, Javi Baez. So far it hasn't translated because they've had some pitching injuries and um, Spencer Torkelson has uh, uh, struggled in the early going. Um I wrote about the Red Sox yesterday, who I think are, are, are the worst team that money can buy right now. Um, they are off to one of their uh, dreadful starts. This is kind of an ongoing pattern uh, over the last decade or so, uh, where they've alternated strong seasons with, with, with really mediocre ones, and they've uh, uh, 
uh, often torn apart their rosters in the in the midst of that. And I, I have a feeling we're we're looking at another season where they might just do that. You know, the sad part about Boston is uh, you look at some of the guys that have been mainstays uh, the last couple of years, and, and they're really struggling. Uh, Kike Hernandez hitting 168. Trevor Story has yet to hit a home run. He's batting 204 right now. Uh, and, and those are two marquee guys. You also have Jackie Bradley Jr. batting 198. They're getting no production at first base right now. And uh, it's it's been a rough go offensively. And then from the pitching standpoint, other than uh, really Nate Evaldi, who's been good, um, you know, a lot of the guys, Pavetta's struggled, um, Tanner Houck has struggled, uh, Rich Hill has, uh, has, has at least pitched better as of late. But it's been a hard story to try to pinpoint what's been going on with them. Well, the the rotation has been, I think, overall pretty respectable. I think I think Pavetta has been the weakest link in the rotation. Uh, Hauk missed, you know, went to the bullpen because he couldn't go to Toronto because he wasn't vaccinated. That wasn't a great uh, uh, moment in, in in team building there. Um, but the run run prevention hasn't been the problem. They've had three above average hitters: Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, and uh, J.D. Martinez, and everybody else has been below replacement level. 65 WRC plus or lower. That means they're they're at least 35 percent below the league average in terms of their productivity, which is just. I mean, you can get guys at the bus station who can give you that. Um, unfathomable, unfathomably awful, awful performances. Trevor Story. Look, I, I understand he came to camp late. He's learning a new position. There's a lot going on there. Maybe the elbow isn't as healthy as as, as advertised. But you know, for for some of these other guys like Kike. And um, Alex Verdugo and Bobby Dahlbeck, you know, these guys were above average producers last year and, and, you know, could have been expected to be similarly productive this year, but they've just been absolutely dreadful. Uh, the catchers hitting have been, has been absolutely dreadful. Um, you know, they're, they're in danger of falling out of this pretty quickly here. Jay Jaffe with us uh, from Fangraphs.com, our weekly baseball chat on Sports Talk. Speaking of uh, bad elbows and maybe not fully healthy, how do we look at Max Muncy's season so far? He's batting 138, Jay. The good news is his on-base percentage is 200 points higher, 336, because he takes so many walks, but he's only slugging 299. Here's a guy that um, you know was a former MVP candidate a year ago, suffers the elbow injury, and now you're starting to wonder, did the Dodgers rush him back too soon because his uh, he just has not been able to jumpstart his season? Yeah, you know, Muncy's batted ball stats, the stat cast numbers are actually not as bad as, as, as uh, the situation looks here. Um, he's not hitting. He's, he shouldn't be hitting for high average based on the way he's hitting it. But his slugging percentage, his expected slugging percentage based on the way he's striking the ball, is 470. Um, he's 160 points below that. That's that's a pretty big gap. He's barreling the ball uh, 14% of the time. That's pretty consistent with his career rates. Um, you know, it's just he's he's hitting into shifts. Uh, he's unlucky. Is, so basically, yeah, he's unlucky. He's, he's, he basically, he's been he's been pretty unlucky in the condition of the of the, of the baseballs right now, which is uh, uh, inconsistent at best, uh, isn't helping him. So I, you know, I, I would have at least some amount of faith that he'll come around, as opposed to uh, uh, some you know some of these guys who just aren't making good contact. But um, 
you know, it has to be a little bit frustrating. I don't. I, we haven't heard much about whether, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of suspicion that his elbow is really bothering him. You know, he's in the lineup every day. If he's toughing it out, he's been pretty quiet about it. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, bottom of the hour as Sports Talk continues more with Jay. But first, uh, let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Thank you very much. We're back right now with Jay Jaffe. Uh, talks baseball and beer with us every week on the program. Follow him on Twitter at J underscore Jaffe and check out all his work at Fangraphs.com. All right. Um, we talked about this before you got on the air today, Jay. Uh, every team in the NL West right now is playing better than 500 balls. So the it's the only division in baseball where top to bottom, everybody is over 500. The Rockies are last. They're 16 and 14. Um, and, and I believe they're on a three-game losing streak. But uh, they're still only four and a half back of first place right now. That's how good the division is. So I want to play this game called What Would Jay Jaffe Do? All right, here we go. Uh, Padres have seven starters, okay? Blake Snell is on his way back, pitched in El Paso yesterday and five uh, through five great innings. So he's on his way back. He just brought Mike Clevenger back from injury. So those two are there. You got Musgrove, Manea. Darvish, Martinez, and Gore. Seven starters, Jay, and they're all faring very well for a Padres team that's only a game and a half back of the Dodgers right now. So what do you do? How do you handle that situation and uh, reduce it to either five or six? Yeah, you know, you can't have too much pitching. And in the, in the long term, uh, these situations tend to, tend to sort themselves out. Uh, in the short term, I think Martinez is probably – at least one of the odd men out. His peripherals are actually not that good. Uh, he's got a 546 fielding independent pitching, which is about two runs higher than his earned run average. <clears throat> That's the first one. The second one, um, you know, Mackenzie Gore has options. Uh, you can send him back down to the minor leagues to keep him on turn. He's been great, though. Um, I, you know, I, I'd be nervous about doing that because yep. he's whatever he's doing is pretty impressive. Um, I think there's there's some merit to possibly going with a six man rotation for uh, for a short stretch and seeing how this sorts out. Um, I also think Clevenger is somebody you're going to be you're going to be careful with. You know, in the long run. Uh, you're going to have to mind the innings counts for Gore and Clevenger in particular. So you might want to be, you know, you could be piggybacking them uh, four innings apiece. The Dodgers have, have done that a bit with, um, uh, they were doing that a bit with um, Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, it's, it's, you have some flexibility there. This is uh, uh, more of an opportunity than a real problem. I think uh, the Red Sox are another example with Garrett Whitlock of someone that's piggybacked some innings, and he's turning into a really nice starting option for the Red Sox as well. Uh, so there, I agree with you about Martinez. He would be my odd man out, and since there's a couple of guys coming off major arm injuries and prospects with maybe inning uh, pitch counts, maybe you do decide to go six, and that way you try to keep everybody as fresh as possible for the stretch drive. Yeah, it's it, it's a difficult juggling act, but uh, you know, in the, in the end, these these situations do tend to sort themselves out after uh, after a while. And and the Padres are, you know, they're in a strong position here. Uh, you know, particularly if Snell is 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 coming back. Um, we've seen him be pretty wobbly though uh, since coming over in trade. So, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know I don't know what to say here other than. Uh, you know we're we're gonna we're gonna see the Padres cycle through a lot of options here. 
Uh, what's amazing to me is that the Padres are off to a great start this year. Eric Hosmer has been amazing, and they're doing all this with Tatis out. So how about that, Jay? I mean, you know, you're you're missing some pitchers. You're you're missing your your best offensive player, and yet you know guys like Machado, Hosmer, they've been carrying the team offensively, and uh, now you're you're going to be getting your big bat back in in about a month. Yeah, well, so, you know, that's that's hope, hopefully everything goes on schedule. The Padres have, have managed through, you know, multiple injuries. I know Myers was out for a while too, um, but Machado has just been unreal. Hosmer's been unreal. He has yet to really totally cool off. Um, they've uh, uh, managed with, without without Luke Voigt for for a good amount of time there. Um, you know, this, this is this is uh, you know the strong team that we expected the Padres to be last year. Um, after they made the playoffs in in 2020, and uh, um, you know they kind of pancaked. All right, let's talk about what you've got coming up uh, at Fangraphs later this week. Uh, looks like I'm doing something on the Yankees and home runs. They uh, uh, they are out homering their opponents by about a two to one basis here. Um, they're doing a great job of pre- preventing home runs as well as hitting them, and this is at a time when when you know home runs are are, are fairly scarce compared to what we've seen in recent years. Looking forward to that. You can check it out, Fangrefs.com with Jay Jaffe. Wrap it up. Uh, I'm looking for a good beer. What do you have for our listeners this week? Okay, this is the Industrial Arts uh, Metric. This is their Pilsner. Um, I've been enjoying their Hazy IPA uh, a lot the last uh, several weeks, their Wrench New England IPA. Um, this is uh, the, their Pilsner Trying to find the information on it here. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a German style pilsner. Uh, just a nice, crisp, easy drinking um, one. I, I, I before I, when I had it before, uh, I wasn't so impressed with it that uh, that I felt like I needed to pay uh, the craft beer premium. This is a, this is a brewery that's uh, um, brewed it, I believe, in Rockland County, uh, so not far not far from the city. Um, but I kind of came back to it, and I've kind of come around on it. I think it's uh, uh, a, a, ver- a very nice beer, and it goes it goes well as a contrast with the, with their IPA. All right, nicely done. By the way, you have become a Pilsner connoisseur. I know a lot of your <laughs> reviews have been uh, geared towards the Pils. And I'll tell you something else. When we first started this segment years and years ago, you were drinking beers from everywhere. And it seems like over the last couple of years, New York has done so well in the craft beer business. You don't have to travel too far out of the city because you've got so many choices right there in your own backyard. Yeah, I think you know a lot has changed around me in terms of what what's stocked, and I think there's you know distributors have made inroads in terms of you know getting the local products onto the shelves. I think I've also become more more conscious of freshness. Um, you know, a lot of the IPAs that that, that we're getting, uh, you know, you look at the you look at the, uh, the 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 freshness data on them, and if it's not particularly fresh, I don't want to drink it. I, I you know if I can get if I can get a threes or Something else that was, you know, that was that was canned within the last month. Why would I take something that's 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 you know supposed to be on the shelves for six months? Um, you know, even if you know high quality, you know, the high quality mass, you know, more mass market uh, uh, IPAs. I mean, like a good Bell's or a good uh, uh, Sierra. Those are those are fine beers, but um, you know, I don't get those as fresh as I do the local ones, and and uh, so that's kind of what that's kind of my thinking there. Also. Just you know, in in terms of uh, um, 
spending money during the pandemic, being being able to support these local breweries has been, you know, has been has been something that uh, uh, you know I've felt good about, and I know is I know has been appreciated as as these uh, you know companies tried to stay afloat, uh, you know, when times were tight. I am checking your profile on Untapped. Did you realize that you are approaching a beer milestone? No, I, I, I didn't. So you have tried 997 different oh beers. Boy. Oh, wow. So I'm, you I'm, are closing in, closing in on number 1,000, Jay, which wow. could happen as soon as this weekend. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's like the 3,000-hit club in baseball. That's a big yeah, deal, I, Jay. I need to, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I've been, I've been lax about logging my beers lately. So I've probably, I mean, I've, I know I've tried over 1,000 different ones here, but uh, – uh, I'll get on that. I'll have to figure out, uh, make sure I've got the, got a good one at hand for that 1,000. Yeah, make sure you let everybody know. I mean, 1,000 beers, okay. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. So, all right, we'll, <laughs> we'll keep an eye on that. In the meantime, great to talk a little baseball and beer with you. We'll do it again next week, Jay. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Steve. Jay Jaffe, folks, our weekly chat as we continue. How about that, Adrian? 997 beers. I checked all the beers I've uh, reviewed on Untapped, and I'm at 133. So Jay has wow. destroyed me in terms of, and I'm proud of 133 beers. Like that's a good amount for me. You know, that's a lot of. Um, that's a that's lot, a lot of, of reviews. Like that is a lot of reviews. Think about like doing a review for like like if you're going to go on Yelp and do like 900 reviews on different business or like different restaurants that you go to that's hard to keep up with so the fact that he's about to hit a thousand and the fact that he's actually been cognizant enough to put him on the app that's what's even more amazing now he's probably over a thousand because he said he's neglected the untapped app a little bit but it's pretty remarkable when you think about what jay's been able to do that's consistency right there at some degree right that's a lot of beers that's right all right we'll come back wrap up hour one still to come the hispanic titanic ivan melendez will lead us off in our five o'clock hour sports talk continues 600 espn el paso 49 past the hour as we continue here on sports talk 505-6009 our telephone number don't forget, busy 5 o'clock hour. We've got a lot of good guests lined up for you. That includes Ivan Melendez, a little more than 10 minutes from now to begin our 5 o'clock hour. Then we'll have the opportunity to uh, say hello to Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com. Your one-stop shop for fantasy sports. So, all that uh, still happening today, and then we'll get to uh, Hags from the ballpark and about six fifteen. And before you know it, uh, Chihuahuas baseball tonight as they continue their home stand, uh, which uh, again against Sacramento should be uh, pretty good uh, for us uh, and obviously for a lot of minor fans, uh, for a lot of uh, Chihuahuas fans to uh, follow uh, as the uh, Chihuahuas uh, try to. Make it uh, two in a row, Adrian, which, uh, again, uh, that's the most important thing right now is take advantage of their home uh, field and and keep uh, piling it on. And, uh, you know, you look at uh, Sacramento and kind of where, uh, you know, where for them it's been, um, I mean, it's so difficult because, you know, I always say in, in AAA baseball, you know, winning is important, but when you're dealing with pitch counts and, and, and certain guys to play, sometimes there's a lot of luck involved as well. 
I could see that. And like yesterday, I mean, hey, Blake Snell was on the mound. He had he had a nice outing. It took a, a season high five homers for the Chihuahuas to actually win the game yesterday. So you know, for Chihuahuas fans, they're getting a chance to watch high level or high big names like Blake Snell, and then they're also getting to watch high level prospects like Ryan Weathers, who's going to be on the mound tonight. Good point. They got so much pitching, they really do. Um, but you know, eleven seven. And uh, Chihuahuas have now won 10 out of 14. They're 18 and 13 on the season. So good for them uh, as they keep their rise up. Let's find out what Adrian had a chance to watch last night for our daily movie review here on Sports Talk. Adrian, what'd you see? Steve, uh, I'm going off the list. Been saying that for a while now. Everybody's all American. Dennis Quaid. Oh, one of my favorites. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. We have you a conversation. Like we got you, didn't, you didn't like the galloping ghost? <laughs> what they, they called him the gray ghost. Oh, the gray ghost. Yeah, the gray ghost. The that's galloping it. ghost. Right. The yeah. the the guy who got stuck in college football and and could really never come out of that. That that's what uh, the story's about. I mean, yep. Two hours and seven minutes of. <laughs> eh, very eh. I mean, Gavin Gray, the Gray Ghost, Dennis Quaid. See, that's the thing I like. I like Dennis Quaid. And Me I also too. like Jessica Lang. Me that, too. I like Jessica Lang. So Jessica Lang is now like the best uh, actress in American horror story. She ah. is like the best when it comes to horror. This but, is a younger Jessica Lang. Oh, I mean, very, very much younger. So he plays. So Gavin plays football at the University of Louisiana. Everybody loves him. His friends, his nephew, which Was it is LSU? Donnie. Yeah, uh, it's the university. Yeah, right. LSU, University of Louisiana. Right. It was like the fictitious school. They play in the Sugar Bowl. He has a huge play. Then he plays for the Washington R-Words. Uh, after that, you know, he can't really find his footing. He's not really having much success when he's playing at the next level. Things aren't good at home, at home either because yep. one of his uh, former teammates in Lawrence, who's John Goodman, another big name uh, in this film, he ends up getting killed because he owes all these debts and he's been gambling, has all these skeletons in his closet. And his relationship, I'm talking about Gavin, his relationship with Jessica Lange, who's uh, uh, the character is Babs, uh, that relationship is failing. It's not going well. His playing days aren't going well. Nothing's really going well. His nephew, Donnie, the guy he thought he could trust, oh. he's even, uh, you know, he's going behind his back and having relationships with, uh, with uh, you know, Babs. So the, everything is just not going well. So he, th- he starts contemplating retirement. So he comes home, then he thinks, wait, let me go back into the NFL. I'm, I'm, maybe I'll play with the Broncos, but uh, his good. playing days are just totally gone. I mean, that that's one of the things. Steve, I, I, did, I thought this was very plain. I'm going to give it a plain banana award, a 5 out of 10 bananas. Did nothing for you. Then, you know, the end Not was emotional. even worse. Yeah. The, the end was worse because it's like, nothing, you know, I thought it was going to come out some kind of happiness or no, something No, there's like no that. happy ending on that. No. There's- you know why I like the movie? It was reality. It was, he's coming to grips. Listen, Hollywood is filled with so much BS. It's a movie about a guy that had to deal with a bunch of crap and, and, and handle it. And you know what? That's more real life than most of these stupid movies that come out. I, I'm with you on that. I can I can level with you there. Here's uh, the thing that I found the most interesting. So I was like, all right, how did they make the, these films with all these crowds? So I started doing some research. How, how did you do this? So some of the filmings actually took place at halftime of LSU football games. One time, in specific, specifically, the producers wanted to keep going, keep shooting, and keep filming. So they asked the fans to stay in their seats. But Alabama actually won in a crazy upset win in 1987, November 7th. And 10 minutes after the game, it was all Crimson Tide fans. 
So that's a while. That's, that's your o- story. That's the only takeaway I had from this. All right. Five out of ten bananas. Well, listen, they teach their own, right? I mean, and I haven't seen that movie in 30-something years. So I would like to watch Everybody's All-American and see if I if I view it differently now in my late 40s than I did uh, probably in my uh, early you know early 20s. Let's when put it when you watch the classic sports yeah. movies, it's just tough to beat those. Like Brian's song, it's, I know. it's tough to beat those. I hear you on that one. All right. Nicely done. Nicely done. Ivan Melendez next to begin hour number two is sports talk continues it's the start of hour number two here on sports talk hi everybody steve kaplowitz back with you along with adrian broadus with us right now a man who really needs no introduction he is uh, not just an el pasoan but he is having a a season uh, of dreams at the university of texas right now uh, becoming a household name in the college baseball world First really launched himself on the scene last year, and this year he's just picking up right where he left off and uh, doing some incredible things. He's Ivan Melendez, and he joins us here on the program right now. Great to see you back uh, in Austin, and, man, great to have you back on the show. How you doing? Yes, sir. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Um, Good to see you once again. It's really good to see you too, Ivan. And I'll tell you what, I mean, when, you know, we've been, we've been seeing the highlights, the the home runs and, and it's been amazing. But when you really start to look at what Mm -hmm. you've done so far this season through 50 games at the university of Texas, it's mind boggling. I mean, you're batting 422. You've got 25 home runs, 76 RBIs. You've been walked 44 times. You have an on-base plus slugging, an OPS of 1.475. I mean, Ivan, those are video game numbers. And you've been doing it so far this year as you've been playing the field for the Longhorns, which I know is something that was very important to you coming into this season. So, So let's talk first about what the year has been like, what the season has been like for you and the Longhorns so far. Yes, sir. Uh, I just think the whole year in general has uh, been a grind from fall ball, you know, playing full season there, training in the off season, playing in our season right now on top of school and academics. Um, I just, you know, it's a huge load, obviously, but um, it's been fun. It's been great instruction, um, great team bonding and, you know, can't complain. Got a few, uh, a lot of games left, so. Got to finish strong. You do. And uh, right now you're in the top 25. That's uh, important. You've been there all year. Um, I also know uh, what it's like at Texas because 30 years ago I was there balancing uh, just classwork, and that was hard enough for me. I can't even imagine trying to take school on top of baseball and, and what it's like for a student athlete uh, at UT or anywhere. So that right there tells me a lot about what it's been like for you, but – uh, what a season. You probably could not have, have dreamed it up any better thus far if you tried. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, just continue to work hard. Um, you know, I can just – I just try not to focus on the results. I just focus on how hard I work and my preparation and, you know, everything will fall into place. So, yes, sir. What's your mindset? When you're up at the plate mm-hmm. each time – I mean, what are you what are you uh, setting out and trying to accomplish before you actually make contact with the baseball? Uh, I just try to go up with with a plan, which is obviously my approach. I try to see like what the situation is, whether you know if there's right on second and third, or if there's nobody on, or the count. You know, if I'm up in the count, or if I'm down in the count, or something. I, it just all just depends. You know, baseball is kind of it's a weird sport. It's all situational, and you know, it's kind of like a mind game. So. That's that's basically like what I'm thinking before anything happens, before I physically like swing the bat, which is 
I know everybody kind of just sees like, oh, you just have to swing the bat, you know. But it's kind of like just like a whole plan, in my opinion. At the same time, do you go up just trying to hit the baseball hard, and if it goes over the mm-hmm. fence, that's just a product of your swing? Or do you go up literally trying to hit balls over the yard every time up? Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'm up in the count like 0-0 or 1-0, 2-0, 3-1, then obviously, you know, I kind of try to let it eat or, you know, let put a good swing on it. Um, you know, if obviously if I have two strikes, I kind of just try to put it in play, you know, try to advance the runner. And I know if, uh, you know, I catch a good barrel, then – has a good chance of being hit hard, and that's all I can ask for. So, Now, I, I know also there's a lot of guys on this team that have, that have had terrific seasons. I mean, you're getting the most attention because of your power numbers and what you've been doing, but you got a lot of guys. It's a veteran team, group of uh, players that you've been with the last few seasons that are really uh, you know, putting it all together. And, and let's talk a little bit about that and, and how you know, you've got such a good supporting cast this year with the Horns. Yes, sir. Um, no, yeah. I mean, every year we're kind of we're gonna have those those veterans, and I feel like I'm also like one of those guys. You know, I'm not a fifth year, sixth year senior, but I feel like I've been in college, you know, four years, and I think that's considered a veteran at this point. I, I played a lot more games than a bunch of the underclassmen. I've, you know, I played junior college. I played different talent, so I kind of, um, you know, whenever I try to like teach some things to the younger guys or, you know, share some of my experience or my knowledge, they they understand no matter what level I played at, and, you know, so I think that's pretty unique to have just in the locker room and playing, you know, with guys that are younger, older, just a little bit of everywhere. So El Paso and Ivan Melendez with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Um, last year when it was time for the MLB amateur draft, the knock against you was we don't know if he can field. We plays all DH and he hits the ball great, but we don't know what his fielding's like. And I know for yeah. you, returning to Texas, playing the field was a big part of your decision to come back and having the opportunity to, to play uh, first base or third base or wherever they put you. So let's also yeah. talk about what the um, you know what your season defensively has been like you're you're yes, fielding at a 998 fielding clip so you've been all perfect nearly the entire season so uh how important has that part of your game been as opposed to just yeah. the hitting itself that you know everybody always sees yeah uh yeah I think it's definitely overlooked I would say my defense uh, is is obviously overlooked I try to take a lot of pride and work into it because every year you know I think I'm gonna be consistent with the bat so um I just, I mean, I, at the end of the day, like, I think you can you can control your result fielding more than you do fielding or more than hitting. You know, if you want to go get the short hop, you get the short hop. If you want to get the long hop, you get the long hop. I just think you try not to make it more than what it is, just getting comfortable playing the field. I played it, you know, every game. I think I've done a tremendous job so, uh, defensively. I try to just take care of the baseball. If it's not, you know, if it's not a routine play, I try to give my all and, you know, if I catch it, I catch it. If I don't, I don't. You know, that's you know my my take and my view on it. Are you most comfortable at first, or uh, do you do you enjoy playing third or other positions around the field as well? Yeah, um, I enjoy playing third. That was, that's probably my favorite um, position because I think you know I have a strong arm and I like you know showing it off and that's you get a lot more action over there. And I like first base because I feel like I'm a third baseman at first base. Uh, I have that trust my infielders where they could just feel like they could get it over there and I'm going to handle the rest, you know, whether it's, you know, down the line or they accidentally pulled it, you know, towards, you know, the outfield line or they threw it short, you know, and I have to pick it. I just feel like they have that trust in me and yeah. 
I understand. We're talking to Ivan Melendez of the Texas Longhorns here on Sports Talk as we continue with the El Paso. And, all right, I'm looking at uh, the record books for Texas. Most home runs in the season, 28 by Kyle Russell. He did it 15 years ago. You're three shy of that right now. RBI, Scott Bryant in the late 80s, 112. That's also a possibility. You're at 76. And then, of course, the national record, which is 48 home runs from Pete Incaviglia. He set that back in 1985 when he was playing it at Oklahoma State. So that's a, a little uh, farther out than, than the 28 for Texas. But as you play the game... How do you try and block that stuff out where you know you're getting close on some of the school records and who knows what else, but you don't let it get the best of you. And at the same time, you just concentrate on your game. Oh yeah. I just go in there and I try to win. I try to play, try to do my part. I try to do my job. I don't think about that. I feel like that could be a distraction or, you know, sidetrack you because when you start thinking, thinking of that, then, you know, the game, the game becomes faster and you want to play the game as slow as possible slow the game down. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I I don't think – I'm not putting any mind to it. You know, people are talking about it. They're tweeting at it, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not – you know, I'm not talking about it. It's just – yeah. All right, that's fair. Now, I've seen videos. You're a cult hero in Austin right now, which has got to be the coolest thing in the world because when you go up to Dishfalk and you're swinging the bat, there are people in the stands wearing – Number 17 T-shirts with your name and number on the back. First off, I I hope you're getting NIL dollars from that. That's the first thing. But how cool is it to see that you've got fans wearing your name and number as as a college athlete? I think it's great. Just them showing their support. You know, I'm thankful for it. Last year, we didn't get that. But this year, you can kind of see, like, okay, I have fans. So it definitely makes you feel a little bit better about yourself and you know, it just it's kind of just keeping everybody happy. You know, the fans are happy, you're happy. Just, you know, it's like a cycle. And, you know, I think it's a great thing to have. So, yes, sir. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I, I'd be pretty excited about that, too. Now, just out of curiosity, Ivan, uh, is it just T-shirts? Have we made bobbleheads yet? Do we have any other kind of specialty NIL items that uh, that you've struck with the people in Austin? Uh, no, sir. Just uh, just T-shirts. Just T-shirts at our university co-op and T-shirts with last hand hats. Yes, sir. That a bunch of athletes have, you know, have done with both. Do we have any Hispanic Titanic artwork stuff that's been come out for you yet? Artwork? Like, no, uh, but yeah. some some uh, some some artists have, you know, sketched some things out and they, they send them to me all the time. But I don't I don't think, you know, I'm working or any, doing anything of that side or that sort, you know. So, do you like the na- nickname itself? Do you like the Hispanic Titanic, or do you prefer other uh, other nicknames? No, no, I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I don't mind it at all. You know, so I think it's fun. It's catchy. Um, it takes off on social media. I just see like all the tweets. I see it. I laugh. But uh, yeah, I think it's cool. Just, you know, everybody has a nickname. Whether you know, some people don't like it or whatever. But I just kind of see it as like a Rolls Chapman's, like the Cuban Missile, or mm-hmm. the Flying Hawaiian, or something. You know. I think it's pretty cool because obviously, you know, I'm Hispanic and, you know, one of the few like doing it. So I think it's just a cool nickname. I remember years ago when Omar Quintanilla went from Socorro to Texas and became a household name and then eventually had a chance to play in in Major League Baseball. And it's funny because now Omar's back in El Paso following his career and he's doing fine in the business world. Years later, here you are. You come out of Coronado. You're doing it the same school Omar is uh, was back years ago. And what's it like also knowing how many El Pasoans, uh, not just at Coronado, but around the city, are following you so 
closely and super excited with the kind of season you've had. Yes, sir. I think it's great. Um, you know, I try to engage in my community as much as possible. I have a bunch of fans that come out to the games. They say they, oh, they, I traveled away. You know, I'm from El Paso, and I think that's pretty, pretty cool because you don't get that. And just them showing their support for me, I'm obviously, you know, grateful and thankful. And, you know, I think it's pretty cool just seeing it, you know, almost every game. And, um, yeah, it just makes me happy in general. So. Meanwhile, you got 10 days left in the regular season. Then it's on to the Big 12 uh, championship. And after that, it's going to be on to uh, the College World Series. So you said a lot of baseball left to go. And I'm sure for you, a lot of unfinished business because uh, you would love nothing more than to take Texas uh, to a College World Series title before your career uh, with the Longhorns comes to an end. Yes, sir. No doubt. I definitely want that on my resume. Uh, Definitely lots of fun playing in front of those big crowded games. You know, in front of 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, you know, when you get there. Uh, but like I said, there's a lot of baseball left to be played, and we get there when we get there. So that's just my perspective. You have an opportunity still, Ivan, to start a pro career later this year following the MLB amateur draft. You could be in that spot. I'm just curious, um, how is your power translated to wood bats? I'm sure you've swung them in the cages, Mm -hmm. on the fields, just practice. What has the adjustment been like for you using wood versus what you're used to all these years with aluminum and composite bats? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like you just have to hit the ball. That's what I. That's my take on it. You just have to hit the ball. Um, if you're a good hitter, you're a good hitter. If it plays, it plays. You know. So that's my that's my take on it. I played summer leagues with wood. You know, still still hit, still performed. But you know, I've I've, I've hit balls for four seventy, four ninety, four fifty. You know, you can't tell me those aren't home runs with wood that like you know. So. That's just my take on it. I can't imagine a ball that's hit 490 feet. It's almost a 500-foot shot. We're talking yeah. Mantle. We're talking Ruth. Some of those legends that hit bombs like that. That's that's phenomenal to see that you can get that kind of distance from your home runs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have a lot of weight behind it, a lot of bat speed, a lot of you know grip strength, and just you know doing it for years. Ivan, yes, what's the farthest home run that's been recorded so far from you? Uh, 493 feet. Incredible. All right. Incredible. Uh, uh, Meanwhile, before I wrap things up with you, as uh, you're now the home stretch for your season, will you have an opportunity to come back to El Paso when things wrap up after, uh, you know, the summer and and spend a little time here before you head off again? Yes, sir. Um, Well, yes and no. I will have time after my season. No, because I still have uh, two summer classes to finish up. So I can, you know, graduate on, you know, this summer. And then who knows, maybe, you know, mid-July, hopefully uh, get drafted and go on and play professionally. So, but yeah, that's my hometown. You know, after the season, I'll be there. Um, it's just kind of hard right now with time. So. I understand. What, uh, what are you getting your degree in? Corporate communications. Oh, very nice. All right, excellent. Yes, so you'll, be, you'll be going on professional speaking tours when it's all said and done. I like that. Well, just it can be a little bit of anything, you know. There's a variety I could use it in. So good for you. Uh, maybe you can come back sure. and and host sports talk for me one of the days when uh, when you're back in town. We'll have you as a guest host. What do you think? We'll do it. All right, we can do it. Fantastic. Hey, listen, uh, congratulations on what's been a great season. I hope uh, the best is yet to come. And as you know, you're going to have a ton of people here in this city and community rooting for you all the way. Yes, sir. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you having me. It was great seeing you once again. So, yes, sir.
He's Ivan Melendez, folks, joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Take a timeout, come back with plenty more. Jeff Erickson is next from Rotowire right after we go to Charlie One to get this traffic update. Sports Talk continues. Our thanks again to the Hispanic Titanic, Ivan Melendez from the Texas Longhorns, joining us just a moment ago. 25 home runs. Oh, I mean, uh, this is a, the kind of year that I think uh, Jeff Erickson can kind of put this into perspective uh, as he joins us for our weekly chat from rotowire.com. Uh, Jeff, I'm sure you've heard of um, Melendez because of the uh, epic power that he brings to the table. Can you imagine that he's got an OPS right now after 50 games of the Longhorns that's nearly 1.5? That, that's useful. Uh, I'd take that on my team. Yeah, that, that's pretty amazing. Um, any relation to MJ Melendez on the uh, Royals? No, he's uh, no. Uh, Ivan's an El Paso kid. He came from Coronado High right here in El Paso. Um, no relation okay. to MJ, but he is uh, he you know he's just a home run hitting machine and he's a hitting machine. I'll tell you right now you look at the you look at the numbers that he's put up um, so far through 50 games this season. Here you go. Uh, 25 home runs, 76 RBIs, 44 walks in 185 at bats. So he's got a 1.475 OPS. He's got an on-base percentage of 540 and he's slugging 935. I like that. I take that on my team. Uh, has there been a lot of talk about him? Yes. Uh, and is, is, what year is he? Uh, what, he's a red shirt. He's a red, red shirt junior. But, I mean, more than likely, this will probably be the year he goes pro. Um, was drafted okay. in the 16th round last year. The knock against him was he's a DH, doesn't play any field, doesn't play the field. This year he's played first base exclusively for Texas, and he's got a 998 fielding percentage this season. Wow, that's good. That's really so, good. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a pin in that name. Uh, absolutely. It's, I always like getting a heads up on guys like that. And he's got the greatest nickname. He is the Hispanic Titanic. Nice. So, Very nice. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm excited. We're uh, we're uh, we're we're pretty uh, you know pumped up on the uh, Melendez train around here in El Paso, and uh, now you've got that on your radar too, which is great. Although I'll tell you what, from a fantasy standpoint, there's been a ton of good storylines this year to get to talk about. I mean. We talked about this with Jay last hour. Look what we've had so far. Yelich goes for the cycle. Great to see his season is starting to get back on track and his career is starting to get back on track. Then Detmers throws a no-no. You had a couple of near no-nos, including Verlander, who was terrific yesterday. And, you know, a lot of guys are off to some pretty good starts this season. Yeah, they are. And uh, I, I, I love the Detmers no-hitter because it was very unusual uh, that only two strikeouts in the whole game for him, uh, which very rare to see. Usually when you get a no-hitter, you're missing a lot of bats. You're you know, you're not put, having a lot of balls in play. Typically, uh, scale of luck would suggest that, you know, that many balls, you know, 25 balls in play, 20, you know, I guess there's a couple double plays in there. But, you know, that 20-plus balls in play, you're going to give up a hit or two. Uh, but, uh, you know, Angels – for the most part, played really good defense. He got a little lucky that there was the error on Jared Walsh that could have been an infield hit on a different day with a different official score. But, uh, you know, he looks good and uh, not bad for a 2020 draft pick. 
Yeah, that's a good point, too. I, I know some fans or, or, or fantasy analysts are worried from the lack of strikeouts, but hey, when you've thrown a no-hitter 11 starts into your big league career, that's promising news, and he's always struck people out, so I feel like the strikeouts will come in time. I think so, too. Uh, it's the equivalent of uh, a hitter growing into his power, a pitcher growing into his strikeouts. And it's usually it's not a, a function of throwing hard. It's usually a function of mastering your secondary pitches, uh, your breaking pitches, your, your off-speed pitches, because those are the strikeout pitches. Those are the put-away pitches. Uh, and so that will come over time. But, yeah, they're, they're one of the re- things that, you know, he, you know in, in college and in his brief time in the minors, you know, it was – he was known for being able to miss some bats, so that that is one thing that we're looking forward to seeing a little bit more of in the future from him. I'm with you on that one. Again, we're talking with uh, Jeff Erickson. If you have any fantasy questions, throw them our way right now. Just to fire them up at uh, 600 ESPNElPaso.com on Twitter, and we'll be sure to uh, ask uh, Jeff about that. Uh, by the way, Angels are 21 and 11, leading the uh, AL West. It's been a while since we could say that about the Angels. Uh, this, you know, into a baseball season, I'm excited for them, and and hopefully it's the start of something that uh, could potentially put them back in the playoffs. All their key players are healthy too right now, and that's that's huge. I mean, we all want to see a healthy Mike Trout, a healthy uh, Shohei Otani, and Anthony Rendon. Uh, that that's a very formidable middle of the lineup. They've gotten, uh, you know, Taylor Ward's been a nice emerging player. Uh, it's good to see that. And, you know, guys like Walsh and uh, Brandon Marsh, too, are pretty useful hitters in that lineup. They're having some depth, and they're starting to get some good pitching. Noah Syndergaard's pitched pretty well. You know, a nice little gamble by them to see if he could, see what they could get from him, from from Thor. Uh, and, you know, Patrick Sandoval's fun. Detmer's had that, that good outing. You know, there's the seeds of a pretty good team. Now, the thing is, they're not a deep team. I think they get a couple of key injuries, they could be in a lot of trouble. But and that, that's usually been their story the last few years. But I like what they're doing so far. And gives the Astros a run for their money. I think it's going to be a two-team race uh, in the AL West. Uh, the Mariners lost again today. You know, we, I think a lot was expected out of the Mariners, but they seem to be at least a bat or two short. And yeah. unfortunately, some of the young kids aren't hitting yet. Let's talk about... Uh, some first basemen that are getting a lot of play on waiver wires in, in fantasy baseball right now. We'll begin with Rowdy Tellis uh, of Milwaukee, who is uh, just off to a, a great power start this season. Doesn't walk a lot. Batting average isn't that special, but he does have seven homers and 26 RBIs. Yeah, he gets to face the Reds a lot, too. Um, he does. <laughs> yeah, I think at least three or four of those homers against the Reds so far. Uh, they face, you know, and then the Brewers. I mean, they're in the you know all these Brewers players are in the right division. You get to face the Reds, Pirates, and Cubs on a regular basis. That's a good spot right there to start. Um, you know, I, I look at a couple of things uh, though from Tellez. It's just he, he's had a hard time staying healthy in his career, and he's had a hard time getting that full time opportunity. The Brewers are giving him that. It's a little bit of a platoon situation. He's going to sit against some lefties still, but uh, you know. Prodigious power, and there's not a ton of lefties in the in the NL Central, so that helps too. How about a guy we know about because we saw him a couple of years ago with the Chihuahuas, but now he's getting a chance and he's staying healthy and making the most of his opportunity, and that's uh, Josh Naylor of Cleveland. Yeah, you know, we you, you mentioned you saw he came up through the Padres system. When I talk about young players growing into his power, growing into power, that that phrase was actually used with Naylor on my show this week. Uh, with James Anderson. My, uh, I'm now co-hosting with him on Wednesdays, and we talk about that. Sometimes the power comes a little later. You know, he's got a good batting eye. You know, he, he doesn't strike out a ton, um, and especially, 
year one with the Padres, he did. He struck out 22% of the time, but he's cut down on that quite a bit. Um, and even 22% in today's game isn't that bad. Um, uh, you know, he was hurt a lot last year. In fact, his start of this season was delayed just a little bit because of that. But he's now locked in as the full-time first baseman. Um, Bobby Bradley was DFA'd, so uh, that tells you how much you know of a difference that is right now. So you're looking at a guy that I think is uh, in, in pretty good good shape right now. So uh, you know, I, I like to see what he can do uh, and get get that opportunity. One more uh, first baseman I'll ask you about, then we'll go to Sports Center and come back with more with you. Uh, Juan Yepes of St. Louis, tell me about him. You know, this is what we like to call as a pop-up prospect. Uh, didn't have the greatest pedigree, maybe just, you know, age to level, you know, adjusting to a new country, all that. Uh, Yepes uh, really started to turn it on last year, though, uh, and he's carried that over to this season. He, he looks good. He, you know, he's batting in the middle of that Cardinals order. Uh, he's hit a lot of shots, so I'm excited to see a little bit more out of him. Uh, he was probably the most frequently added player last week in the NFBC, which is my standard for like you know, highly competitive leagues, the National Fantasy Baseball Championship. A lot of data that's freely available out there, too, in terms of both like how, how added he was, how, how, how deeply rostered he is, and just how much he cost in free agent budgets, too. So he was a very aggressive target for a lot of people. Because um, it's hard to find bats right now where players are going to be playing on a nearly everyday basis in the middle of the lineup in good orders too. Not just uh, you know, it's one thing to be in the A's lineup versus or the Tigers lineup versus being in the Cardinals lineup. That's a pretty good spot. More with uh, Jeff Erickson as we continue here on Sports Talk. But first, let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. The um, Rangers season will be coming to an end tonight, barring something uh, that we're not expecting. So there you go. Uh, wait till next year for all you Ranger fans like me. Uh, we've got uh, Jeff Erickson back with us from RotoWire.com. We're talking fantasy baseball right now. All right. What do we make of uh, young rookie Alec Thomas, who was just called up to the big leagues uh, for you Diamondback fans out there? Hit his first home run today. Uh, happy to see that. Uh, albeit in a losing cause, uh, Diamondbacks got today, but uh, Thomas is a power speed guy, uh, pretty decent batting guy. Uh, you know, he was I think ranked 50th in James prospect uh, James Anderson's prospect list on RotoWire. Uh, 50 is good, by the way. It's, it's a really good, that's a that's a top prospect, uh, and you know has the opportunity to you know earn that spot for good if he gets off to a pretty decent start here. He'll have at least a couple of weeks with Carson Kelly out. It's, I, I mentioned Kelly. It's because Dalton Varsha is going back behind the plate while Kelly is out. May stay behind the plate if Thomas hits well. Thomas eventually profiles to be the Diamondbacks' long-term center fielder. Good defender out there. Probably better defender than uh, Varsha in center. So if he holds his own, which and it's doing a lot of work here because a lot of prospects have struggled so far this year. But if he does, he could stick there long term. Let's talk about two more rookies. Uh, we'll go with Royce Lewis, the shortstop with Minnesota, and MJ Melendez, who's up with Kansas City behind the plate. Uh, MJ Melendez is, you know, questionable on defense. In fact, to the point where he's played other positions a lot in the minors, played some third base, played some outfield. You know, the Royals at one point had a game, in one game, had him listed as a right fielder, and then decided to move him behind the plate and have Sal Perez DH. Uh, some question whether one that sticks behind the plate, but he really blossomed as a hitter last year, added a lot of power to his game. Uh, we'll see what happens with him in the long run. But right now, uh, you know, 
he's he's getting a decent amount of run of playing time. The Royals are desperate to get some bats, so uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens going forward with them. All right, excellent. Um, and then uh, also, uh, you know, asking about. Uh, Lewis, I mean, he was a, a big-time prospect for a lot of years. Uh, is is his ceiling still as high as it was, uh, let's say, two, three years ago? Or is that just not, uh, you know, not, not fair given some of the injuries and what he's had to go through in, in the minors? Yeah, I mean, in, yeah, I, I'd say the, the ceiling is a little bit lower. Uh, you know, it changes the profile a little bit there when you have so many injuries like that. You know, what what do you, you know, do you have the same sort of capability? How much? How quickly can you recover from future injuries? I think these all have to be questions that are raised. What about George Kirby of Seattle, the young arm? Great con- control. You compare him versus his, t- his organization mate, Matt Brash, uh, who got sent back down by the Mariners, and you can see a little bit of difference. Brash control is an issue for him. Uh, Kirby is a more polished prospect, you know, a better prospect. You know, he, we were, it's just a question for Kirby. It was a question of when he'd be ready, and the Mariners wanted to wait until he was fully ready to be up to stay. I think he is up to stay. Granted, I'm saying that after one start. Let's maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Matt Brash looked awesome after one start too. He gets a tough start at on the road against the Mets in his next start, and then at Boston after that. So he'll be challenged right away. Uh, but I, I like. There's a lot I like about Kirby. I I. I I'm, he, in a lot of leagues, we had to wait till he actually played before he was available for uh, free agent bidding, which meant, meant that he wasn't uh, eligible to be bid on in a lot of my leagues last Sunday night because he had to have played before 7 a.m. that, that day. So now he'll be uh, available in a lot of leagues on this upcoming Sunday. I expect some very big bids in my free agent leagues. Speaking of bids, I hear a lot of speculation on Max Meyer, who could be up to the big league soon. Yeah, uh, another... Uh, first round pick in 2020 uh, looks great. The Marlins, they're they're kind of. I'm pretty sure this is a managing the super two uh, thing with him, uh, not calling him up yet. But I expect him to be up. I would guess by the end of the month, maybe you know early June. Because so Elisa Hernandez is really struggling. I think Meyer is ready now. Uh, again, it's a pretty big qualitative jump from AAA to the majors. So we'll see, but you know, I, there's a lot to like about him. All right, one last name I want to throw at you, and I'm not sure if is it is it Ryan Pepiot of the Dodgers? Pepio. Pepio. Okay, so tell me about Ryan Pepio, the starting pitcher who uh, just debuted yesterday for LA. Yeah, uh, started against the uh, Pirates. I was watching a lot of this start. He has a lot of he throws a lot of changeups, a lot of movement on his pitches. Uh, command is definitely a problem though for him. Uh, I think he needs more polish, more time. He's in there for now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to be in the, uh, uh, the rotation long term this season. I think you're looking more down the road for him. I, I'm, I'm, I'm only lukewarm on Pepio. Okay. Uh, you got tons of stuff on the website right now. You are loaded at rotowire.com. In fact, uh, a lot of uh, FanDuel Sportsbook si- uh, stuff, uh, a-, a lot also of DraftKings material, so those daily articles are big. But let's profile some of the other stuff you've got as well up at, at Rotowire right now. Uh, I-, I-, we were me- I was mentioning earlier today, uh, I like what uh, uh, we did in the Rotowire barometer this week. Uh, Eric Halterman did some really good stuff with that. It breaks it down by position, which I, I like to give you a quick indicator there. Just another look at maybe some possible free agent acquisitions during the week. Guys have you know, maybe even trade targets. 
uh, guys that who, whose profile has changed. It's not just off to you know hot or cold, but also maybe you know his you know he has a different pitch. He's doing something different, um, and that, I think that's always valuable when you're looking at especially like trade status. I think that helps a lot. Two things I want to focus on, uh, Bernie on the scene, young hitters. I want on my fantasy team. I think that's a great read. And also, I like your sneaky waiver wire ad videos. Oh, thank you. Thank you. They're fun to do. Uh, usually we do them Sunday morning. This week we had to do them uh, on Monday morning, so a lot of the free agent uh, runs had happened. But uh, it's a good way to highlight uh, – Couple, of, you know, some some players on the rise, some opportunities while doing it in a quick video form. We found that the shorter videos often do well uh, as, we try to, as we try to build a presence on YouTube. So uh, it, that works out pretty well. You know what I love? I love you can get ten days for free without even having to put down a credit card. Uh, that's the best, uh, Jeff. Because if you play your cards right, you can actually see two weeks worth of material because it's ten days, and I think that'll make a very easy decision to add RotoWire uh, to your sports profile. Yeah, uh, thank you. And uh, we've been doing that forever. Uh, we feel like it's a little bit of our, a contract here that we want you to actually get a real legit taste of the site, and hopefully you like it so much. We think our, we're betting on our content being good enough that you'll want to subscribe. So we don't require a credit card. There's no auto-subscribe after that happens. If you go 10 days, you forget about it. Don't worry. You're not going to be charged. It's just, you know, it, it'll just expire. But we want you to you know, find it invaluable. Use it every day. Use it, use it like crazy for 10 days, and then you'll find out that, hey, okay, I, I want this. Whether it's for DFS or for if it's for your season-long leagues, maybe you're in a dynasty football league. You know, we got you covered there, too. Uh, the whole point is we're, it's, we've got a lot of different uh, avenues for you to cover, and uh, we think you'll like it. So check it out, rotowire.com slash free. Get you that free 10-day trial. Nicely done. Jeff, we'll talk to you again next week right back here on the program. Thanks for the time, as always. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Jeff Erickson from Rotowire. 42 past as Sports Talk continues. Plenty more coming up. Stay with us. Uh, we're about 45 minutes away from Chihuahua's baseball with Tim Haggerty. We got playoff action galore going on in uh, in the NBA and the NHL. So we'll get to all that still to come right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. Adrian's going to be heading out a little early today. So that means Sal uh, will be rocking it with me for the final 30 minutes. Have a lot to catch up on with Sal. It's been a while since we've been together on Sports Talk. It's been a while. I mean, Adrian, I'll, i got to tell you, you're, you're uh, the Iron Man on this show. So uh, when you said to me, uh, you know, i got to get out a little bit, I'm thinking, wow, I haven't spent time with Sal in a while. It's nice. It, it feels like a, uh, like a long-lost relative will be back with me on the program today. I know. Uh, Sal, Sal's a man back here, produces all the Chihuahuas games, helping us out today. Uh, I, got a, I got a bolt. I'm, I'm host, or not hosting. I'm going to be a judge at, a, at an event out at Franklin High School. Ah! So, there you go. What are you doing? It's uh, Dancing with the Teachers. That's oh, happening my tonight. goodness. <laughs> are you going to be judging that, huh? Yeah, that's right. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's so if good. you're going to Franklin High School tonight, say hi. There you go. That's, that's what it's all about. That's... Terrific. Hey, did you hear the news that the Cowboys are going to be visiting the Packers in Week 10? Do you like how the NFL leaks out little schedule nuggets before the official schedule release tomorrow? Yeah, I, I do like this because what what else are we going to get excited about for NFL right now than other than uh, you know schedule release news? So I'm cool with this. I like the excitement, and I love the fact that Mike McCarthy is heading back to Lambeau for the first time. I didn't realize that was the case. I didn't either. 
Um, I thought it's been, you know, it's happened already. But no, that's this my first time. So that's going to be the uh, America's Game of the Week airing on Fox. Which brings me to my next topic. We haven't talked about this at all. Tom Brady is cashing in. Like, we now know that when Brady gives up football as a player, he is going to make bank as the lead analyst for Fox. Like, crazy money, right? So here's the thing. I mean, we've, we've... if you've watched Brady on the documentaries and you've seen just him, the way he approaches things, do you feel like he is going to be a natural at this job like some of the others that have transitioned into broadcasting from their playing career? I don't know, Steve. I think the the split as far as uh, former players heading into broadcasting, it's kind of like a 50-50 split. I mean, I thought Drew Brees would be awesome, but he, he lacks personality. He doesn't really say much when he's out there with NBC. I I feel like Jason Witten was the same way. He was like a robot when he was working for ESPN. So, But other guys, they, they find a lot of success. Greg Olson, is uh, he might be the number one guy for Fox this year. He is probably going to be the number one guy, but, now, but he already knows he's going to be demoted as soon as uh, Brady retires how weird is that that is very weird I mean I wonder what they're going to do with Olsen after the fa- after that or you know because he's really good he, yeah, he, he's, he has a lot of talent I mean I like of course I like Romo um I like Aikman a lot but I, I don't know where Brady fits in all of this what do you think um I don't know I'm not I'm not ready to just anoint Brady being the next Tony Romo I, I mean I, th- I want to see him call a game first we haven't heard that yet I mean we don't know what his audition uh, his audition sounds like but Fox must think the world of him if they're going to throw that kind of that kind of money at him. And it also goes to show you, Brady does not like being in the house. He doesn't want to be with the kids, doesn't want to be with Giselle. He wants to stay as involved with the NFL as he possibly can. That's my problem is I think he's going to be too nice. He's in, he, he won't have a lot of uh, things to An say edge. against some of these, yeah, yeah. Uh, these players. By the way, uh, Andy just texted into the program. His daughter is competing in the Franklin event. Nice. Um, will you be biased and show his daughter favoritism because uh, he is a friend of the program? Wait, which Andy? Um, I'll tell you off the air. Okay, yes, I'm in. All right, that's fine. So um, that could be the case. Um, anyway, yeah, she's uh, she's dancing at the Franklin event. Nice. Okay. So cool. uh, if you if you find out that there is a Quintana involved, uh, make sure you give her plenty of bananas. Okay. okay don't uh, don't give her five bananas like you just did with uh, everybody's all American. No all rotten right? banana. No, no. Take care. Take care of golden uh, banana. Take, take care of Miss Quintana for us. All right. Very nice. Um, and yes, Andy. There there you go. So um, Adrian is biased, and he will make sure she does very well tonight out of Franklin. Coming up next, final thirty minutes. Sal Montes will join me next right here. Sports Talk and six hundred ESPN El Paso.